millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Banana the camper. Um, fucking loving van life. Was that on the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the bed all sorted. Seb's been in it. I have. Seb loves van life. Van life is sick, isn't it? I was there putting the camp in camper. Yeah, boy. Yeah, getting a new radio stereo for it on the weekend. Gonna do that. Gonna do some six sound system. I haven't run this past the missus yet, but I'm definitely thinking underseat subwoofer. What do you reckon, Seb? Hell. Yeah, uh, underseat subwoofer gets the above seat muffer. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Please never say that again. <laughs> Good evening, you space aliens and wizards of the occult, to your weekly news of the greatest things on our planet. Goats. Some may even say it's the greatest podcast on Earth, and to them, I say, I am contractually obligated to agree. But enough of the formalities. How are you doing? Michael. Uh, I haven't... Oh, shit, I haven't scripted this bit. Uh, <laughs> give me a sec. <laughs> okay, no, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all good. Um... Rings of Power's finished. Um, apparently, season two is in 2024, so... Fucking hell! Fuck knows what I'm going to do for two years, but... Uh, <laughs> this show. I'll probably watch it a couple more times, I reckon. Um, Should we just turn Goats into, like, a preemptive waiting for the next Rings of Power podcast? Ah, uh, <laughs> can we? For the next two years, we'll yeah, just every week, blow weekly. by blow deconstruct every single second of Rings of Power. Like, we'll do it frame, every frame per episode. And the books to try and, like, I think I'm actually going to come. You'd make him a very happy man. We should, like, get all the books as well, like, you know, word by word, letter by letter, the Silmarillion, Unfinished Tales, all them, and just, like, try and predict what's going to happen. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, enough of that. How are you doing, Enough of that shit. <laughs> um, I broke a guy's knee. Oh. Wow. Here we go. We, haven't, we actually haven't had one of these for a while. To be fair mm. to Sammy, we haven't had a completely crazy story for a little while, so I'm interested to hear this one. It wasn't out on the street. You'll be shocked to uh, find out. Those days I'm are shocked. behind me. Mm. Those days are behind me. But um, I was at jiu-jitsu and this guy didn't tell me that he'd got a knee problem. And he tried to... So this is just going to be jiu-jitsu jargon that I don't really understand because I haven't been going for very long. But I was on my back and he was basically between my legs and was trying to change position so that he was in like what's called side mount mm. so he was laying across my chest with his head like bearing into my arm as he tried to push off his legs to like rotate basically on his shoulders like a bit like a breakdance and headstand i framed which is when you put two hands against a bit of their body i framed against his shoulder so he there was like stuck halfway which is obviously a completely legitimate thing to do i was like protecting my head very normal jujitsu behavior but as he came back down, he panicked and tried to take himself back into like standard hold. So he was in between my legs again by pushing off the ground the moment he landed. So like as he impacted the ground with his leg, he tried to like spring off 
and basically put a huge force through his kneecap, which then dislocated and went round the side of his leg. Ow. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like your fault. And also, you could do that move without dislocating your knee normally, I think. It just sounds like, yeah, yeah he's exactly. got a problem before. That's well, why it's he happened. Does. Yeah. But the trouble is, he told me that he had a previous injury, but wouldn't say it in front of the coach. And I was like, geez, you need to tell this cunt that this isn't my fault. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because it looks like you're look, And he was a bit, and I don't want to be a dick, but he was a bit of a pussy about it. <laughs> he was really wet about the whole thing. And he like limped over into the corner and was like, oh, my leg. And I was like, I'm sure it really hurts. But at the same time, Theo, my instructor, thinks that I've just broken your fucking knee. So yeah. can you just pipe up? And he was like, oh, like, this has happened to me like six times before. And I was like, oh, shit. And then in front of the coach, I was like, hey, man, has this ever happened to you before? And he was like, hmm. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? This guy thinks yeah. I've just snapped your knee. Stop. He sounds like a bellend. He, and stop, I was like, I'd what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, yeah, like, I think this is going to be like a good couple of months out. And I was like, you're just making it sound more like a, it's my fault, you dickhead. <laughs> like, please stop. Nah. In the end, after he left, I just went to the coach. You know, that's happened six times, the dickhead. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what a twat. He should never have come. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Fucking knob. He sounds like a bellend. I'd just, I'd just wrestle nah. with To be fair, the coach was like, it happened to me two weeks ago and I came back. So he should be fine. Yeah, well, dislocations are a weird one, aren't they? As long as they go back in all right, they're sort of all right. Like, I know I sound like a twat. Like, objectively, this guy was injured. But he made it look so much like it was my fault. <laughs> like, that's a dick move. You just don't want to get told off. Like, imagine if, like, we were having a running race and you twisted your ankle and then you tried to make out that it was my fault. Well, it probably was. You probably tripped me. I didn't trip you. <laughs> to be fair, Seb, if we had a running race, you'd be nowhere. It would obviously not be your fault because you'd be, like, ten miles behind. <laughs> Michael maintains that he's never ran at 100%. Nah. <laughs> what the fuck does not that mean? Football. <laughs> Like, when we play football, right? Did, what, 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 do, like, do, do you put, like, weights on your, on your legs like you're in no, fucking no, Dragon no, Ball no, Z no, or no. something? No, no, no. <laughs> Let me start. So, on Thursday Night Football, right, there's a clear fastest player, right? And it's, it's me, okay? I don't want to sound like a big head, but You do I, play with 50-year-olds. No, there's some young lads there now, but I'm, I'm like, like Seb said, I'm absurdly fast for a short person of my... I'm absurdly fast, unnaturally. But what I maintain is that during a game of football, I still have never run at 100% speed. Like, they've never seen me go supersonic. But what's frustrating about that is he has actually, I've seen him not make it to the ball, which then <laughs> suggests that he has deliberately not I run. give up, yeah. He's not trying. But that, that giving up means that you then... I pull didn't... away. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. That's but bad, why though. wouldn't you just not go at 100%? That one. Even the, literally the fastest person in the world might not be faster than, like, a ball travelling faster than him. Sorry, are you Flash from The Incredibles? Just run at 100%. Like, what is wrong with you? Well, yeah, I could. obviously I could break the sound barrier, but, you know, <laughs> I just choose not to. You have the most disproportionate view of your speed. Like, you are miles so faster fast. than most people, and you think you're the fastest man on the planet. He's a freak of nature. I man. probably am. I just reckon I'm faster than at least... A quarter of the Premier League. <laughs> I think so. I think you're probably one of the fastest people of your height who doesn't train. Definitely the fastest. One of the fastest. I could definitely beat like all the goalkeepers in the league in a race. You objectively couldn't. They're so tall and are professional athletes. Yeah, tallness doesn't mean anything. 
I could beat Per Mertesacker in a race. Tor's very good for... Well, he's like 100 now. Top speed. I reckon I could beat... Um... Stop naming retired footballers that you think you could beat in a race. <laughs> I could beat Dan Byrne in a race. He's a centre-back for Newcastle. Mate, you couldn't beat George Best in a race, and he's six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, should we uh, <laughs> stop talking about Michael's freakishly fast legs, whatever the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> it's just absolute twaddle. It's just bollocks. It's true, mate. It's not true. One of these days, on the live on the podcast, I'm going to break the sound barrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. If we get 10 patrons, we need to see that happen. On tonight's episode, we're going to be looking at the best alternative theories in history. Did the aliens, in fact, build the pyramids? Was Hitler actually in contact with extraterrestrial life? And why do so many of these theories involve the Nazis or aliens in some way? Well, we're going to get to the bottom of all of this craziness and look to crown the greatest alternative history theory out there. Sebek, did you say you wanted to go first? I'd like to go first, please. So, get the stopwatch up. It's ready. Right, as Vinny can confirm, I've struggled a bit finding my pick for today. I think I text him... I'd say six times going, I just can't think of anything but the Holocaust, which I'm not <laughs> saying didn't happen. I'm saying it did happen, but a lot of, well, not a lot, a small, very vocal minority of people have started saying it didn't happen, including the previous mayor of London. So have a look at that. Not Boris Johnson, Ken Livingston, the one before him, is a genuine Holocaust denier. God. He said that the Zionists were in cahoots with the Nazis and they made up the Holocaust so that they could get Israel. That's fucking insane. But I didn't do that because I was like, as Vinny said, an exact quote, it's a bit dark, which it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit Holocausty. It's a bit Nazi, isn't it? But I think it's just the concept of denying something so massive just like blows my mind. Mm. But then I took Vinny's advice and decided to I'd avoid that with a shitty stick. I tried to think of an event or person in history that I at some point thought was real, but that actually there isn't much evidence for. Like, you know, one of those things that everyone is like, isn't that a thing? Like, didn't the fucking aliens build the pyramids? Or like, you know, one of those things that like people just kind of in the back of their head, like have some weird knowledge of being a theory. Like when people are like, you know, if bees thought about it, they couldn't fly. Like, what does that even mean? I was like, do I have any of those? And then I thought it hit me like a train. I knew exactly who I was going for. So I've picked someone that I think pretty much everyone in the UK and probably the Western world knows about, has heard of, and has been told unbelievable stories about. Unbelievable. The man I'm talking about is known as a brilliant leader who proved himself worthy by performing amazing miracles. Oh, the fuck. <laughs> he united divided people before being betrayed by one of his closest mates and eventually ending up dead. He's often portrayed as having a big beard, wearing a robe and a crown. And of course, we all know who I'm talking about. It's King Arthur. Oh, thank oh, fuck. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, thank fuck. Oh, my God. I was literally thinking earlier, I really hope no one does anything to do with Christianity. Yeah. I just really fucking hope so. I feel like Christianity gets the same like stamp as Lord of the Rings at the moment of it's like uh, just a no. We can't do any more Jesus. <laughs> We've never done Jesus, that's the thing. He's mentioned in every single episode. 
so yeah, of course, the guy, luckily for you, I didn't pick Jesus. The guy I've picked is the true GOAT alternative historical figure, Arthur Pendragon, aka King Arthur of Camelot, leader of the Knights of the Round Table, pursuer of the Holy Grail, and of course, wielder of the greatest sword ever forged, the magical Excalibur, or Excalibur. I don't know how you say it. It's safe to say we've all heard of King Arthur, but who was he and why do we all know his name? Well, the most well-known story of King Arthur goes a little bit like this. I'm just going to rattle through it, right? Arthur's dad, King Arthur of Camelot, was clapping cheeks with some bitch who wasn't his wife. <laughs> he gets her up the dove and he's like, fuck this shit, abandons his baby mama. Oh. And Arthur, their son, gets raised in secret. Then one day, King Arthur, he bins it, right? And he's not left an heir to the throne. And the people are like, shit, we've not got a king. What are we going to do, boys? I, there is no possible way of choosing another king. And then one guy's like, hey, do you remember that sword that got stuck in a stone fucking ages ago? And no one can pull it out. It's just been there, sitting there for ages. What if we said whoever can yank that sword out of the stone gets to be king? They're like, fucking genius, mate. Makes sense. That's such a good idea. If you can yank a sword, you can wield a sword. That's what I've always said. You have always said that. Notoriously. So a bunch of fellas give it a go, but no one can do it. They're all there yanking on their sword. They're yanking away and and no one's getting anywhere. It's just a, a, an all out yank fest, but no one's getting any kind of result. Okay. It's like me on a Friday night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then one guy turns up and he's like, boys, I've been yanking since the day I was born. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. His name is Arthur Pendragon and he yanks it good and he yanks his sword out of the stone. And the crowd goes fucking wild. Fucking Arthur. Arthur. Hoosh, hoosh, hoosh. He's wanging the sword around, doing fucking little flips and shit. All he needed was a bit of WD-40. You can't believe his luck. He's like, what the fuck? I just greased it up. These cunts are trying it dry. What a knobhead. He's like, woo! He marries Lady Guinevere, the local fitty, right? And starts up with his boys, the Knights of the Round Table. Now, it's called the Round Table because it's all equal. He's like, there's no head of this table. It's all good, boys. Let's just like run this as like a cooperative. He's like a hippie out in Cambodia who's starting like a little community. He's like, we're just going to like share all the grapes. It's going to be great. But he's called King Arthur and he did sort of start it all. So he's sort of like he the leader. He is still the leader. He's still the leader, but he's like equal about it. Like sometimes they'll let like the water boy have a go. Like one of the guys, he like, he's like, bring me more mead. And then he's like, do you got any ideas? And he's like, what if we like lower tax? And he's like, let's fucking do it. What a legend. Chop his head off. <laughs> So 12 years of good times go by. He meets a wizard called Merlin who can do fucking crazy magic and shit. He gets Guinevere, Preggers, banging. Oh, yeah. They have a son called Mordred. Wait, wait, Mordred? They never Mordred. Yeah, all right, <laughs> look, that might be preempting something, all right? That may be a foreshadowing. And after that, Arthur and his boys are like, oh, we've got fucking nothing on. Everything's fine. And then one of them's like, the water boy comes back in. He's like, have you heard of the Holy Grail? You should go and find that. And they're like, fuck yeah, that sounds like a right laugh. So they go off on like a basic, like a lad's holiday to find the Holy Grail. And he's like, I'm going to leave my best mate, my second in command of the equal round table, Lancelot. I'm going to leave Lancelot back here, steady the ship. 
I trust him, right? So they ship off, except Lancelot, and they have a wander round. Now, little does Arthur know, Lancelot has some ulterior motives. So they go on this big trip to find the Holy Grail. They sort of find it, but it's a bit of a ball ache. Only one of them gets to drink from it because he's like the purist. The other ones don't get a go. It's a bit of a faff. That's not very round table is well, it? No, no, no. The, but the Grail decides, not the round table. And it's not Arthur. Arthur doesn't get a sip, mate. Oh, right. He's not drinking because he's not pure. Anyway, he gets back through the door. What does he find? What do you reckon he finds? Uh, Lancelot's shagging his missus. Lancelot is balls deep in the missus, right? No. She's airtight. It's unbelievable, <laughs> mate. Well, who else is there? Good guy. Fucking, Fucking all Mer- of the, Merlin's the in the front. At the half. other end. The seven dwarves are there. Hey, mate, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All the other completely fictional shit in the stories there. Mate, he's like fucking got a scalibur up her ass. Like, Ugh. no, that's gross. Right, anyway. <laughs> I hope the um, handle end. <laughs> yeah, I meant the handle end. Anyway, right, let's wind this back. Wind this back. So he goes through the door. Lancelot's balls deep in the missus. He's clapping it from behind, like, Bleh! and it's on his bed. It's disgusting, mate. It's absolutely minging. And fucking Arthur's like, mate. He's fuming, as you would be, right? He's raging, so he goes out, lobs his magical sword Excalibur in the lake. He's like, fuck this shit, I'm done. The lady of the lake is like, nah, you're gonna need this. She's like a magical mermaid, don't worry about it. She she grabs the sword, gives it back, and there's that famous bit where her hand pops out the water holding it gives him the sword back and then he's like right fuck this shit i'm gonna chase lancelot all the way to france he does and he leaves mordred his son in charge but fucking second twist turns out lady guinevere is actually arthur's half sister and mordred is an inbred and he's also a bit of a wrong un uh-oh mordred while arthur's off trying to fucking kick lancelot's ass tries to seize the throne Arthur gets back from France. He hasn't killed Lancelot. They've kind of sorted the beef out a bit because also it turned out that it was his half sister anyway. So like, maybe he did you. Maybe he's like, maybe I did you a favor. Yeah, like, he's done you a favor, then, mate. Yeah. Anyway, Arthur gets back, squashes the rebellion, decks Mordred one, but Mordred also decks him one <laughs> and actually mortally wounds him. So they both die. It's all over, right? <laughs> That's the story we all know. But here's the question. The question is... That's the story... Sorry. That's the story we all know. Hang on. Let's remember that fucking Disney one. Yeah, I remember the graphic <laughs> sex scene where Lancelot's plugging Guinevere up the arse with a sword. Holding away. Yeah, just... Like you said, clapping. Like, boom, boom. Yeah, that's the story we all know. Right, look. They can't show you in the Disney one, but that's the story we all know, or at least bits of it, right? But the question is why? And is the geezer real? Is fucking Arthur real? Well, thank you, Vinny, for shrugging so convincingly, because I'm going to tell you. It's a bit complicated, right? Some people think Arthur refers to a Celtic leader called Arterus, who led Celtic Britons in a successful holding up fight against the Anglo-Saxons who were invading from France and Germany, right? Now, the Saxons were from mainland Europe. They eventually did conquer a large portion of England, but Arthur was considered a valiant leader. He held them off and he allowed everyone to sort of push back and he valiantly allowed the Celts to keep a sizable chunk of England. He didn't let the Anglo-Saxons take the whole thing. 
the trouble is there's not a massive historical record of Arthurus or King Arthur that can be verified. A lot of it is from songs and stories. And this is because, as I said, he was Celtic, Arthurus was Celtic, and the Celts had a tradition of oral storytelling. They were like Michael. They're not super hot on writing, okay? In fact, the first mention of Arthur comes 300 years after he died, (coughs) a bit like Jesus. And so why do we all know about him? Why do we all know about him? If he got, like, there's no written word. Well, because the Celts never fully left England. They're pushed back, first by the Romans, then by the Saxons, then by the Normans. They basically ended up in Cornwall, Wales, Scotland and Ireland. And that is why all of those places share a lot of cultural similarities. It's also why both the Cornish and the Welsh have a very strong relationship with Arthurian legend today. In fact, you can go and visit the original stone, TM, in which Escalable was stuck in in Cornwall today. Mm, the original one. How much is it to see it? Not that much. Fiver. <laughs> I think it gets like it's a good. No, it's fuck got, off. It's at least <laughs> twenty quid. Got a gift shop and stuff. Don't worry about it. It's a good day out. So, <laughs> did King Arthur exist? Well, probably, maybe a bit. Also, maybe not. The thing is, there probably was an Arthur, or there are several Arthurs or leaders of Celts who have been merged into one. Some people think that the original Arthur was actually an Anglo-Roman. So part English, part Roman who fought alongside the Romans, also against the Saxons. There's a lot of like different versions and people think that maybe a lot of those stories combined. But that doesn't mean there wasn't one main Arthur who was like the OG and a lot of other stories got attributed to him. Now, the thing is, there is no historical record of Camelot and the Romans were pretty good at writing stuff down. In fact, the only record of Arthurus is a Roman record. But mentions of King Arthur and his round table are persistent through English history. Famously, Geoffrey of Monmouth wrote about him in the 12th century in his fanciful history of the kings of Britain. So did the monk Nennius, recording his battles as fact. So he factually believed that there was a King Arthur and recorded his battles in a history of Britain that he wrote. And famously, Richard I, aka Richard the Lionheart, an actual king of England, a recorded king of England, gifted the sword Escalibur to Tancred, the king of Sicily. He gifted Escalibur, or a sword that he proclaimed to be Escalibur. So previous kings and throughout medieval history, people did believe King Arthur to be real. It's not quite clear where he was and how much he ruled. He may have ruled a very, very small Celtic tribe or something like that. But there does appear to be an Arthur who is around. And to be honest, those links are a bit tenuous. But growing up in the hippie land I grew up in, people like Richard the Lionheart and Geoffrey of Monmouth served as this tangible connection to a land of like medieval fantasy full of dragons and wizards and magical swords. And that meant a lot. Like Richard the Lionheart existing was a big deal to me. And it meant that it was like real. Okay. And speaking of those things, Arthurian legend is the backbone of all European fantasy. You can't tell me that magical swords, wizards with funny names and dragons doesn't sound a bit like a work of fiction Michael is very fond of. King Arthur still permeates English culture and tradition today and is still spoken as fact, creating an ever-present link to a more magical side of England we have sadly lost over the last thousand years. 
fuck you, you wouldn't have Lord of the Rings without King Arthur. Suck my dick. Yeah, we would. That's a fact. No, it ain't. Merlin, <coughs> Gandalf, Magical Sword, <coughs> Excalibur, Dragon, <coughs> Smaug. Yeah, but stories of dragons and wizards, there's not just one. There's not just King Arthur. There's like billions. There is. There's King Arthur. He's <laughs> nah. the OG. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> nah, because there were like loads of like random paintings of like all these weird sea serpents and shit like that, which were like dragons and stuff. You have to admit that the story of King Arthur and a lot of his, like Merlin, the magical sword, all that shit, that's very Lord of the Rings. Don't pretend it's not. Yeah. But I don't think that Tolkien was like, huh, I want to write a story just like King Arthur, so made Lord of the Rings. I think Tolkien was like really big into his Anglo, like English history, I think. He definitely loves his Engl- Anglo like literature. That's where Elvish comes from. That's the thing, yeah, like literature was his thing, like uh, languages and shit. That's really what he wanted to make, was just make his own languages. Does Lord of the Rings matter to you, Michael? Well, you don't need to convince me about this. You need to convince Vinny. But no, I'm just saying, because if Lord of the Rings is the most important thing, work of literature in your life, then that makes King Arthur the forebearer (laughs) to that literature and therefore makes him the most important part of alternate history, in fact. No, because we can't ask Tolkien, like, oh, yeah, mate, why did you do that? Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I did hear a rumour, though, that, um, it might not be true, that Tolkien started Lord of the Rings by just reading his son bedtime stories that he would just make up. That was the Hobbit. Yeah, he was just started making shit up about this, and one day his son went, oh, last week you told me Bilbo had a green jacket, not a blue jacket. You're getting it wrong. And he was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should write this shit down, actually, because I'm getting it inconsistent. And so then he just wrote The Hobbit, and then the rest is history. He made up King Arthur to his son. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote it down. And now he's claiming it as his own. Bit like how I'm. What I'm Hashtag doing. Tolkien conspiracy number two. Clip it. Get seven thousand views this time. <laughs> so let me get this straight. I've always thought King Arthur is as kind of like a mythological being, an entity. The same with Merlin and the dragon and his caliber. All of that was a sort of mythological, where it's kind of like it could be based on something, but it also could be complete bullshit. I mean, it could be something in between. Well, that to me is alternate history. So that is interesting. It's a history that could be true. Because what I would say is alternative history theories is a theory on history which isn't considered widely popular as like the standing theory of what happened and stuff. Well, I think there is a belief in some people that King Arthur truly was a king of England who ruled in the early medieval period of English history. Right. It's not widely regarded to be true. There are a sect of people who believe in this. A hundred percent, without a shadow of a doubt. And that connection to Richard the Lionheart and him gifting Excalibur is massive. So many of the hippy-dippy medieval conspiracy theorists that were around me when I was a kid would talk about Richard the Lionheart as this, like, gateway to fantasy. Like, this gateway to that could be true. Because Richard the Lionheart did objectively exist. Yeah. And that is the connection to, like, this other world that could be real. And a lot of people believe that to be fact. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a really interesting pick. I know we say this a lot, but that's really a pick I wouldn't have thought of. That was great. Well done, Seb. Vinny, what was the line you said then? Something from history that is not widely accepted to be true. Is that the quote you just said? Uh, of what is definition of alternative history? Otherwise, just let me just let me get it down. What what my definition of alternative history? Yeah. Um. Yeah, like a theory on history that isn't widely regarded to be like the standing theory sick carry on okay i think that brings us 
nicely to our <laughs> middle section. <laughs> it means I'm scheming something. <laughs> right. Anyway. 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 What's the game today? The game today is an old classic. It's uh, one we've never done before, obviously. Uh, it's um, <clears throat> Fuck, Marry, Kill. It's Fuck, Marry, Kill, <laughs> Hitler, Aliens, or Flat Earth. <laughs> no! What does that even mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's razzing you, mate. Yeah, no, I'm taking the piss. <laughs> right, I, I want to say, as much as Fuck, Marry, Kill was very enjoyable, that was the biggest phoning it in of a middle bit there's ever been. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what do you mean why? Good. Do you know how difficult it was to think of a middle bit for drugs? I had a toss-up between who's taken the most drugs here and like which country is the most drug addicted. And I just was that'd be well fun. Yeah, but I was reading. I was like, this is so fucking depressing. Like fucking Edinburgh versus Cuba. Who's more hooked on heroin? I was like, this sucks. <laughs> So then That's I quickly. Great. I would have definitely done that. At the last minute, I was like, right, I'm just going to do something with funny drug people. Who's funny? Jesse Pinkman. And I like to skim it with Shag Mary Kill. It was great. That's like, who's more crack addicted would be like a successor to celebrity pedo, higher or lower, which was also <laughs> exactly. fantastic. I was going to get you to guess higher or lower. I was going to be like, Israel versus Afghanistan. And you'd be like, ooh, Afghanistan. I'm like, no, Afghanistan has 15 million heroin addicts. It was going to be awful. I like it, but anyway. Anyway, like Michael in that episode, I definitely did struggle with coming up with a, a, an actual middle game. I was thinking of doing something like having you guess whether something was like a, a true fact of history or whether it is a uh, almost historical conspiracy theory, but I found that all the historical conspiracy theories are all really obviously not real. It's stuff like queen elizabeth the first being a man or william shakespeare being a spy it's like i'm pretty sure that's you know it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah that does sound just like a conspiracy theory so i kind of went slightly off the beaten track but it's still kind of within the thing and it's a true or false quiz as we love to do i love to do these personally is it porn related no it's not like also that one was definitely nothing to do with halloween <laughs> yeah it's funny as fuck <laughs> oh yeah you can't rip shag married kid when you made us guess porno fucking that, movie that things. was a fun game but it had nothing to do with the, the source <laughs> at all <laughs> the lion the bitch and the gum drove or whatever it was <laughs> the lion the bitch and the whore drove obviously <laughs> the bitch i hate that <laughs> But anyway, so it's going to start with, so Michael, you'll start because Sebek started today and I will declare a historical fact or a statement about history and you have to determine whether it's true or false. A Roman emperor once declared war on Jupiter, the god of the sky, and ordered his men to fire arrows into the air. Is that true or false? True. True? True. Mars probably told him to do it. Mars being the god of war, Roman god of war, is that right? I think. Yep. I think that's yep. Right. Yes. No, but yeah, it wasn't true. Mars is the god of huh? war. That is true, but not, not that statement. He's absolutely done you there, mate. I thought. I thought that sounds pretty plausible. So actually, uh, the real statement is that a Roman emperor actually declared war on Neptune, the god of the sea, and ordered all his men to run to the shore and stab the water. That is actually true. 
Oh, you little fucker. Oh, that's the day he's done it again, that Harry Kane, that fucking dirty little he's, fucker. Yeah, he's done it again. You he's done it again. That is a fuck. You fucking little bastard. You can't do that. You are, I hate quizzes like that where it's like, how many wives word. did Henry VIII have? And it's like, eight? And they're like, no, you didn't have any wives. <laughs> Shit like that. So just duping you. God damn you, Vinny. Anyway, Savak. Yes? Your statement is, the ancient Greeks believed when redheads died, they would be reborn as vampires. Oh, look, it's 50-50. I'm just going to go off what I know of. I've done a little, I know a little bit about my Greeks. I don't know a lot, but I've not heard vampires come up a lot. They're more into their like Greek theatre of gods. I don't remember there being any vampires involved. And they're also not super into like people coming back as things. I'm going to say it's false. It was actually true. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I didn't realise That surprised were, me, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise vampires were in uh, Greek times. I would have I thought, said they vampires were invented after then. I thought, yeah, same. I thought Bram Stoker invented vampires, but maybe not. Maybe he just invented that type of vampire. But yeah, this was true. This was partly because red-headed people are pale-skinned and more sensitive to sunlight, unlike the Greeks who are mostly very dark-skinned and olive-skinned. Oh, that mm. does make sense. Okay, Michael. Using a spoon when spoons were first invented, was seen as sacrilegious by the church. True or false? Who fucking invented a spoon? Spoony spoonicus, obviously. <laughs> Using a spoon is against God. I mean, that sounds fucking stupid, so it's got to be true, surely. Otherwise this game would be, like, pointless. So are you saying, are you saying true? Yeah. It was actually forks. <laughs> Which are seen as a sacrilegious. seen as sacrilegious. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> You gotta stop this, <laughs> Vinny. Why are you giving me these questions? That's stupid. You can't just go, no, dodgy forks. That is not because I would have still got that right if you'd said cutlery. That's the point. You can't. That you are a no, no, no. Because I knew that that was false. Because who the fuck? People have had spoons for like hundreds of thousands of years. They're like the first implement of cutlery we ever like. No one invented spoons in living memory. Whereas forks is a bit more complicated. Mm. If you said who invented the knife. A fucking monkey with a stick invented a knife. Yeah, but why is a fork complicated? A stick with more than two bits on the end and stab it as a fork? Well, the fork was invented in the 11th century in Italy, actually. So I think spoons spin around for eons. I think they're quite primitive. But yeah, they were seen as sacrilegious, as the church thought it was an offence to God, because they were kind of seen as a sort of artificial hand, because <laughs> they wanted everyone to just eat with their hands, and they thought, if you don't eat with your hands, you're... You're a Satan worshipper or something. Why do they want everyone to eat with their hands? Just, I don't know. <laughs> the sake. church is so weird. Yeah, the church has a lot of funny rules, or at least it did back in those days. Right, Sebek. Yes, my man. It's thought that roughly 97% of human history has been lost over time. True or false? He's going to say false 98% or some shit like that, Seb. This is what I'm saying. I know it's a lot. Whether or not it's that exact number, I'm not so sure. But I know it's a lot because I know that the written word has only been around for about maximum 5% of human history. You know, what's it known as the age of... Like, history begins in, like... With the written word. With the written word. So, like... Yeah, we've done that on Greatest Human Achievement, didn't we? So we should Exactly, but I just it's just about the percentage... I'm going to say no, it's actually 90-something else. 
I think it's high, but it's a different number. <laughs> Wait, you, you think I've really gone for like it's actually ninety six percent? I'm not. Yes. I'm not that much of a cunt. Just you are. <laughs> it, right. I will now say it's true, and if you say I oh, actually know it's actually ninety six percent, you've self admitted to being a cunt. It is true. Written accounts started only around 6,000 years ago, whereas humans have been around for about 200,000 years. So, yeah, only 3% of humanity has been written down. It's pretty crazy to think about, actually. That's coolio. R.I.P. Right, Michael. Points to the board. Most educated people weren't sure if the Earth was round or flat until Christopher Columbus attempted to sail around the world. True or False. Most educated people weren't sure if the earth was flat or round. I think that is false because I'm pretty sure people stopped believing the earth was flat in like fucking... Didn't the Greeks mathematically prove that it was round by like having two poles cast shadows and measuring them and stuff at different times of the day? So you'd have to be pretty fucking stupid to think that it was flat back when Christopher Columbus sailed to America. But then again, people would have been like, Oh, it's flat. He's an idiot. He's going to fall off the edge. So maybe most... But he said most educated people. So is it true that most educated people weren't sure? Oh, fucking hell. I don't know then. If they're not sure, then that's... I don't know if they weren't sure or not. It's whether... It should be whether... Did they think it was flat or did they think it was round? If they weren't sure, I don't know. (laughs) Do you think most educated people had an idea of whether the earth was flat or round in christopher columbus's time yes i'm gonna say yes you, do, you th- true they did they think. did you you think they did know that it was round yes okay yep you're correct yes like you said most educated people in the world have known it's round since about 500 bc and it was about 240 bc where it was basically proven by an ancient greek i will not attempt to pronounce the name of yeah, I've got, I could add more to this because I wrote about it for Red Handed. So the whole rumour about people thinking the world was flat when Christopher Columbus was sailing it was set up by academics in the late 19th century when there was a big sort of culture war going on between the separation of church and state. And so it was in the interest of people who were on the academic side who wanted to separate church and state to try and make out like the church had been historically wrong and stupid. So they were like, look, imagine if people had relied on science, Columbus would have got to America quicker, aka the founder of America. So they were like, the founder of America was doubted by the church because they were uneducated. So you should separate these two things and the church should have to be its own thing. They shouldn't be involved in politics and education. And it was like a whole thing. Great shout. Well done, boys. They scored a swish there. So back to getting the lead. The ancient Egyptians used sticks and leaves as pillows. True or false? I'm going to say true because I don't think they had a lot of access to like feathery things. There's a couple of birds, but they don't have like chickens or geese to pluck. And I think if you're thinking of something soft to put your head on, you either go hay, which is grass. I don't know if they had a huge amount of that. Or you go feathers which is ducks and geese and i don't think they had a huge amount of that and i'm gonna say i think it's true they actually used curved slabs of stone oh jesus which doesn't sound comfortable at all so they didn't even have sticks or leaves that's way worse (laughs) yeah i i i was i was thinking that like is that is that good like is that comfortable why do they use stone 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, but to be fair, is that provable? Because in the, like, obviously we can see their curved stone things now. But like 4,000 years ago, that curved piece of stone, they might have put sticks and leaves and stuff in there. But because it's 4,000 years old, it's rotted away. So now we just assume well, they're, they're, it was just a stone. There's probably accounts of it, written accounts, because they did have writing at that point. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They that fucking drawings and shit, yeah. Right, Michael, to win the game. Iceland has the world's oldest parliament. Parliament. Now, Iceland, Vikings, they're pretty old. So... That's when their parliament could have been established as, like, the Viking era. Are Vikings older than, like... No, I don't think Egyptians would have had parliament because that would assume, like, democracy, right? Whereas they were ruled by, like, a king and, like, a one single ruler, so that would be no parliament. So I'm going to say true. It is true, yes. (gasps) Yes! called the Old Thing. It was established in 930 AD and has been the acting parliament of Iceland ever since. Mate, was I right with the whole Viking shit? Probably. Probably. Sick. That's That's a fucking swish from me, look. Let's hope I can perform just as well in this next section, but I doubt it. (laughs) Okay, cool. That concludes the middle section. Michael won my brain. Sebek won my heart. Now let's see what... Michael has to say for his goat alternative history right answer so obviously my brain went to a couple of places firstly what if Gerard didn't slip what if Gandalf had taken the ring for himself but then after doing more research and looking at stuff like all these novels of like what if and it was all narrated like this it was like what if the Axis powers actually won the war and they were helped by aliens. What would have happened? Well, all this mad shit. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But it's, that's not actually alternative history. That's just, like, fiction. So then I was watching a Watch Mojo video. And um, I, one of the them... The greatest of all sources. Great yeah. source. <laughs> <laughs> this one was about alt history. And I, I, one of them was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting thought. So then I went properly down the rabbit hole and um, realised I awoke myself. As I awoke, I realised what the greatest 
alt history theory is ever, and it is the simulation theory that we are in fact in a simulation. All of human history and human science isn't real because it's all predetermined simulation. Now, simulation theory is as old as the Mayans, and a philosopher back in the day was like, Oh, how do we know that we are not in the dream of a butterfly? Well, to be fair, he was yeah, pretty bang on. You actually don't know. But modern simulation theory comes from a fella called Nick Bostrom, who studied at Cambridge or Oxford University. Oh, the fucking, they're the same thing, aren't they? And he came up with the simulation hypothesis, which is just, are we real? Are we in a simulation? And he put forward some, like, defining factors about questions where they're really hardly, like, worded really oddly, so I didn't really want to get much into them, but they're, like, assumptions of, like, if any human race was ever advanced enough to create a simulation, therefore we must be in a simulation and all this shit. But I watched Neil deGrasse Tyson break it down, and it's very, very simple. The chances of us being in a simulation, this is a fact, is 50-50. That's a fact. That's not debatable. That is true. If It's 50-50. We're either, we are either real and everything we know is real, or we're in a simulation. Seb looks scared, so I'll help him. Think about it like this. We have technology now that can generate simulated video game worlds that are almost completely indistinguishable from real life. 40 years ago, the most technologically advanced video game in the world was Pong. Now we have almost, like, pretty fucking realistic stuff. In another 200 years' time, let's assume that we develop that technology even further and can generate simulated worlds that exist just like our own, but they're in a computer, right? So if we base our assumptions on that premise that we will develop that world, eventually the beings in that world that we've simulated will want to do exactly the same thing because they will simulate technology and they will want to simulate their own world. And then again and again and again. And that will go on forever. So let's say there's a billion simulated worlds. Keep it simple. Let's say a billion. Now, to be real, we have to be the very first ever civilization in the universe to have created the first simulated world. Or the billion other simulations. So if you take a dart and throw it at all those worlds, what are the chances that you land on the real one? Infinite to one. Therefore, we must be simulated. I thought you said it was 50-50. Here's where the 50-50 comes in. You have to go on this as well. Have we yet developed the technology to create a simulated world? No. No. Which means we are either the very first civilization in the universe, and the reason why we haven't done it is because it's never ever been done before, so we're either the first one, we're either real, or we're the last in the chain. Like, we're the last one. We, someone simulated us, but we haven't quite developed yet to simulate the next one, and then for them to simulate the next one. So we're either the last in the chain, which is a simulation, or we're the very first in the chain, which is real. Therefore, 50-50 everyone you love is real, or everyone you love is a fucking computer. Fact. I don't know if that's how probability works, by the way. If there's two options, I don't know if that makes it 50-50 necessarily. He did explain about some other, some names of a scientist's probability factors and all this other random shit, but it got way too complicated for me. He said, simple terms, it's about 50-50, you know, it's pretty much 50-50. If you just go like that, it's just a good, like, thought exercise of, we're either real or we're fucking not, it's 50-50. So that's pretty scary, but anyway, where's the evidence for it? Are we actually, can we actually be simulated? Well, things like deja vu, potentially, they could be a glitch, glitch in the matrix, where we are remembering past simulations. We think we've done it again because we have, because it's all been done every single time. It's all predetermined, simulated. The Mandela effect, in a previous simulation, maybe Nelson Mandela did die in prison, and all of our computerized brains are glitching out, and they're 
getting confused with the older version. They haven't quite done an update yet. Random glitches, you know, shit like, you know, when you see, like, fucking UFOs and airplanes just disappearing on camera. Could you be a glitch in the Matrix? Here's some more compelling... That's not compelling, by the the way. None of that's compelling, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some more compelling ones. Physics and mathematical limitations, such as the speed of light. So why is the speed of light the fastest we can ever travel? Why is that a constant? Why is it, like, on a stopgap? Is it because that's just the way the universe was created and it's random and, you know, all the other generally accepted theories of, well, that's just how physics works? Or was it written in computer code deliberately as a limit on the system? Because, you know, like in a video game, the whole universe doesn't render at the same time, does it? It only renders what your character can see. So why would the simulation render 200 million light years away all at the same time? The computer probably not powerful enough to do that. So it sets a limit on it. We can only travel as fast as the speed of light, because if we could go faster than that, we'd hit unrendered parts of the simulation, thus proving that we're in a simulation and we'd be aware. That doesn't that prove is, it, by the way. <laughs> that's pretty scary. No, but that is that is a quite that's a, you guess unreputable theory about being in a simulation is the, the fact that the speed of light stops there. That's quite good. That was again, it's been fielded by top scientists, not by me. Can I just say? I'm not high, but I feel high. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? This it's is fucking the cool, mate. I've ever felt while not being high. It's so sick. I've, I honestly, I am fully like been well into this simulated shit. It's so mental when you think about stuff like that. I'm not saying it's true, but it's a really cool thought to have. That like, it would make perfect sense if it was if we are a simulation, and that's why the speed of light is the fastest thing. That does make sense, whether it's real or not. That makes perfect sense as to why that would be like that. Now, when you say isn't real. Like, what What do you mean by that? Because So, when I mean isn't real, I mean it isn't... So, in simulation theory, evolution would not be, as you said, something from history that is widely regarded to be the general thought. Well, it would be, because we have evidence of evolution throughout history. We have, like, um, what's the word, like, fossilised evidence. We have evidence of creatures evolving up to the point we are at now. We have, like, a directly traceable line backwards. But if that was generated in a simulation on purpose, then that isn't evolution as we think it is, is it? That didn't necessarily evolve. It could have been programmed. Someone could have gone, now let's make a fucking this. Well, no, no. What that would suggest is that the very first simulation was like bacteria. You could say that. Or the very first simulation was like the start of the Big Bang and they let it run from there. Mm. But you can't say like, we've got a pretty traceable line back to like amoebas and probably to non-amoebas and probably to like the big bang like we can kind of follow it back that far yeah 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 it would suggest that the very first on was like the big bang and that everything that's happened from there is random and chaotic well that's the other thing is it might not necessarily be random and chaotic because there's a couple of theories about simulation theory being completely scripted the same again and again and again and it's been all predetermined and written in to create the illusion that there is chaos and there is free will because without the illusion of chaos and free will, the simulated beings might know they're in a simulation. Right. In which case, everything that's ever happened in history that we believe so, Hitler starting the war, you know, man developing fire, Einstein fucking developing this, it didn't happen because of their own free will and intuition. Nothing has ever happened because, like... It just naturally happened. Everything happened because it was completely scripted. There is no free will. There is no nothing. Everything is always going to be the way that's going to be. In which case, I would say, because I know Vinny's been saying to me, oh, it's not actually alt history, the simulation theory. But I think that sort of 
proves that it is because it's an alternative version of the history that as we assume it to be now, we assume history, everything happened and the reasons why they happened. But if the reasons why everything happened was a predetermined script, that's got to be an alternative version of it, hasn't it? Not necessarily. Also, I think there's a lot less. I, I could buy into the, the whole thing being like a simulation from the start and like it's like we are living within a predetermined set of rules. Like I, I do think it's interesting that the laws of physics are so mathematically perfect and like it's like there are back limits set and you can't go past those things. Yeah, like if you look at what are they called, then you'll know what they're called. Like fit the Fibonacci sequence and um, the golden ratio and shit like that. It's like the amount of petals on certain flowers, like all, it's always a Fibonacci number. There's all these little really weird, like, and if you like divide the Fibonacci sequence by each other or whatever, you get the golden ratio is like 1.63. Okay, we've, we've gone back to like Highland. 1.63 is like the measurement from every human being's elbow to their thing. And it like, if you look at nature, it's all just rules and mathematically nothing's ever random, which again supports simulation theory being that like coincidences just don't exist. It's always predetermined. But I don't know about that. I think it might lead itself to believing there's like a predetermined set of rules, but I think the whole scripted thing is harder to come by because like it's that comes back to like, I think therefore I am like, you can only go off your like personal experience, but we all feel that we have free will. Free will appears to be real for me. I feel that I could right now turn this computer off and walk away if I wanted to, or I can choose to stay. And therefore our own experience doesn't feel scripted. And so by our own personal experience, it feels very difficult to suggest that like everything that's come before was also scripted. Yeah, I would agree. But then that would make it not alternative history. That would just make it a theory. Yeah, but do you not think that a simulated version of Earth compared to what we generally believe as is not a sim? Generally, it's believed that Earth has not been simulated for the last billion years. That's an alternative version of Earth than what we know it as, as not actually being simulated. No, 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 no. It's the exact same thing. That's what I mean. All of history still exists within the simulation. Within, yeah, but it's a simulated version of it. Reality is still what we know of it. It's just the kind of, but the possible reality outside of our reality is now like, okay, then that's different. a bunch of people in a lab looking at us like, oh, let's see what the simulation's doing today. We're still in the same marble. It's just where the marble is has changed. That's it, yeah. Like, everything that's happened within it is still the same. And it, to me, history is everything that's happened within the marble, not everything that's on the outside. Here's, here's another thing I would say then, because me and Vinny were talking before, you can't, there's, there's one thing that you can never prove, and that's the consciousness of others. You can only ever prove your own consciousness. So I don't know that you exist, Seb. I have no way of proving your brain actually functions or of whether you are real mm -hmm. to me. And you, vice versa mm -hmm. so what's to say that i am the only real being being simulated i'm the only conscious actual simulation and you are just computer generated ai i think these are all phenomenal philosophical points i just don't know if they add up to an alternate history i also think they make you sound a little bit like a psychopath no because <laughs> yeah. like let's say let's say i'm the only real being and we're just npcs yeah i've only been alive for like 20 odd years which means history could have been programmed into my brain to make me think the world. I'm not the only first ever human being sat on this planet. That 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 okay. That is a school of thought called Last Thursdayism. I think it's called, and it's basically this idea that what if nothing in the universe existed 
until last Thursday and everything has just been like a just built in as like a oh yeah you know Hitler fucking yeah 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 you know, Victorians the Napoleon all this shit is just like in our in our history books is all the stuff that you learn so it's all like ah oh, you know must be real but the universe was created last Thursday and it's all just there to make you think that it wasn't but the thing is it's uh, what's called a null argument it's the same thing with like the existence of God you can't prove or disprove it so it doesn't change anything it's almost like it's overwhelmingly interesting but underwhelmingly important yeah it makes absolutely no difference to our day-to-day lives yeah it is absolutely null i know it makes no difference to day-to-day lives but it does make a difference when you think about like all the hard work done by humanity to try and discover where we are why we came from where we did if we didn't come from anything, someone just turned us on. You turned me on. That's where simulation theory to me is like, why I think it's the GOAT alt history and why I think it is alt history, because it just, it just makes everything, every human achievement ever, just fucking redundant. Because we didn't discover anything. It was already, it, it was just done. Like, we didn't evolve from anything. No human achievement was ever possible. We didn't fly to the moon. We flew to computer script do you know what i mean they just rendered it in as we got there because they're like oh shit look they're going up there oh fucking better render that shit in every time we cut open a body to do surgery well it wasn't there when, until we cut it open and then it rendered in and everything else like i just feel like that but that's what i think that's why i think it falls apart i think if you examine our whole reality as a simulation it might make sense but i think to think that like something as small as like cutting someone open like objectively i have insides they've already been rendered that's already Maybe, part of the simulation. But there's no way to know like, I that. Don't, I think... How do you know that we don't... That's the other thing. We don't know the rules of the simulation that we're in, which means it could be fucking anything. But we do... We have a pretty good idea. That's the thing. We've got to the point where we're discussing, like, what's outside the bubble. We're pretty on it with what's in the bubble. Maybe. But we're always proving ourselves wrong, aren't we? Like, um, I was reading this scientist guy. He was like, nah, simulation theory is bullshit. And then he did some, like equations on fucking quarks and all this stuff and he was looking at all these subatomic particles and he realized they were like written in like binary code and he was like what the fuck and he was like well how that's just computer code in like subatomic particles doesn't make any sense and now he's like yeah i reckon it could be true i think we could be in a simulation you know this none of this could be real you know but when you talk about binary code binary is just the concept of something being there or not being there so everything will eventually come down to like a binary code, which is just existing or not existing. There's two states of matter, which is is and is not. And so everything is binary when you really come down to it. Like my entire existence is binary. I'm either here or I'm not. I'm on. I'm a one. Well, you might be a ghost. You could be conventional thoughts. Meaning you might go to heaven or other things. But a ghost is still a one. A ghost still exists. It either exists or it doesn't. I love the simulation theory shit. I think it's just the greatest thing ever. I think it's the greatest thought experiment ever. I wouldn't. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's really phenomenally interesting. I think it's not alternative history. I agree with Seb. I don't see a realm where it's not alternative history. I think history is history within our... I mean, honestly, history, I would say, is history within humanity like really but like if we're gonna stretch history i could say the history of our universe but simulation theory is what happened before the universe i.e someone got their cup of coffee went downstairs were like oh, i'm just gonna boot up boot up the simulation i'm working on turn the power on boom there's the universe and that's pre pre that's pre prehistory basically 
But that does nullify. I feel. I feel like that does nullify all human exploration. I don't think it does. Like we're going out to explore the stars that aren't that really there. I think that the stars are still there. It's just because they're simulated doesn't mean yeah, they're but we not. don't. I know we exist within the web. We don't exist how we think we exist. Do you know what I mean? Like we think we exist because we are like real flesh. Everything is like is tangible. We don't, no nobody believes we exist. Oh, I've just flown to that star, which is computer generated anyway. But it doesn't matter because it's still real. But we still exist as much now as we would if we found out that it was all simulated. That's what I mean by nothing changes. We are still the same amount of real now as we are. So like, it's not like finding that out makes anything we've done previously or anything we do going forward different. What if they could turn us off then? It's nothing we could do about it. If we were turn offable, then nothing would have been real, would it? That's like saying when the universe ends, it's no, it, it, none of it happened. You know, everything's expanding. It will eventually start to contract. When it contracts and goes back to the state it was before we existed, does that make our experience any less valid? Well, not if it explodes, like, as, it, as we think modern physics works and everything else. Like, you know, suns explode and everything else. But if for some reason, they just turn the simulation. Oh, fuck. Pull the plug well, no, out. No, but, like, the, the thing is, is, like, we are expanding from the Big Bang and eventually we will begin to contract again. So the balloon will start to come back in and we will go back to the same point of nothingness we all started from. We won't, but like the universe will in the end. Maybe, if that's how the universe was created, or it might have been just created instantaneously. Everything, bang, there's the set of rules. It's all a simulation. But that's what I mean. But the simulation being turned off in your sense of turning off an unbutton doesn't change it from turning off in the current sense of we will eventually resort back to being, you know, time itself will no longer exist everything that has ever happened and will ever happen will eventually one day the concept of it even existing won't be a thing doesn't make the experience we have now any less valid well i think it does <laughs> yeah that's sad i think if you put the real if you put the original version of earth next to the simulated version of earth one would be a real version of events and one would be a simulated version of events. I just think those two things, even if they happen exactly the same, are two different things. There's no difference. But there is no original version of Earth. The only version exactly. of Earth is the version we're on right now. It matters not what, why it exists or how, because there's only one of it. But that's not what simulation theory says. Simulation theory says there's two. There's like a, the ground zero. No, it says there's one before. Like the place we came before. Yeah, one before, one before. It might before. not be Earth. It could yeah, be some which, other place. Well, no, but we hope that we are the original one, don't we? And not one of the simulated versions of whatever. Well, by that merit, we're not in the simulation. But if we are in the simulation, then what came before is probably absolutely nothing like what we've come from. But it might be the exact same. It might be the same on repeat. Hence, like I said, Mandela Effect, Deja Vu, all these other things that people theorize about. Mandela Effect doesn't need simulation. <laughs> by the way, it's simulation hypothesis. Let's just... Yeah, yeah, a hypothesis it the is. Theory dictates... Theory means there's evidence. Mate, there's evidence all around. You just have to wake up, dude. No, 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 no. There no. is. <laughs> there is literally no way to prove it or disprove it. I think simulation hypothesis is a really cool thought. I think it's really, really cool, but ultimately it means nothing, really. That's what worries me is that you think that if it exists, it changes your current life. But the worrying thing is, is that everything that you've just said about simulation theory is current. The world could just end at any moment or the universe could just contract on a whim and it'd all be over. But that doesn't, I hope that doesn't make your existence less valid. Well, I just think that if I was, a, if I knew I was in a simulation, I would be like, oh, well, that fucking sucks. That's different to being real. No, but you're still you. You'd still be you. Well, I don't, I wouldn't think I was. Like Neo, when he unplugged from the Matrix, he wasn't like... I knew we'd get there. <laughs> <laughs> when Neo unplugged, he was like, 
oh, fuck the Matrix. That ain't real. Like, it doesn't matter. Now I can, now I'm going to do the real shit. But this is the thing. If by finding out you're in a simulator, like, we already know that we are bound by the laws of physics. So by that merit, we are already in a simulation. We're in a set of rules. What would change is, is if you found out you could leave the simulation. If you can't leave, then you are still you. Nothing changes. The only thing that changes is the day that you can leave. If you can leave, then by all merits, unplug me. But if you can't, we're still in it. We're still in a simulation now. We're still bound by the laws of physics. I can't unplug and get around them. So if we could leave, that would make it alternative history then, wouldn't it? Because we'd rather be in the real version of history than of our actual history than the alternative simulated version of history. Would you not say that's true? No, I think it's not history. I think it's an alternative theory on or hypothesis on existence. And I think existence and history are separate things. See, I class them together. I'll say our existence is our history, is the history of the universe, is the history of everything. Like, I wouldn't say any religions that say like, oh, the earth was created in seven days, whatever. I wouldn't say that's history. I'd say that's like a theory on existence. But that would be their history for them, wouldn't it? No. I think history starts with the universe starting. At the, that's at a the, human the concept though. We've, but we've established that human concepts don't exist in a simulation, bro, because we're not even humans. We're zeros and ones, mate. But we're always zeros and ones. This is the thing. You know what when I you, mean? We're fucking... We've always we're been fucking... zeros and ones. As soon as people <laughs> discovered quarks or whatever, like, we've always been quote-unquote zeros and ones. You know, there's a thing called the Planck distance, whereby there literally is a smallest distance where you can't go half of that. And it's just, there's nothing that... It, mm. So everything, when you really, really get down to it, moves on like a gridlock pixel system. If you really, really scope in, yeah 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 but like that doesn't change shit man that's just that's just that's just a weird sort of property of the universe obviously this is we're really rambling now but like it's so interesting hearing it from your perspective as someone who is like a staunch atheist thinking that your creation theory would affect your life because like objectively it made no difference when we decided that adam and eve weren't the first man and woman on earth Mm. it made no change and what you've decided is that our history our existence up to this point could be different and therefore that changes anything yeah you would objectively say that it makes no difference if the buddhists the christians the jews the muslims or any of the other fuckers you would say it makes no odds whether any of those are right but it matters to you if your version is right you've become not an atheist he's beginning to believe when I did come home and explain what I was picking tonight to Jen, she did look at me and go, why are you talking like this? You're, you don't, this isn't you. You're fucking mental. <laughs> she was like, you've gone off the rails. You do sound like a, you sound like a religious person. It's really No, exciting. it's not about religion. No, it is. It's creation it's of just, the universe. Um, that's what you believe in. Yeah, but that's not a religious thing. Well, it- that's just like, <laughs> if we... It- if we were in a sim- I just believe if you gave me two versions of my life, one was one I knew definitely to be a simulation. And one I knew definitely not. I would I would make a distinction between those two things, personally. But you will never have that choice. But that's, well, yeah, I know, but no one's ever going to have anything. We're never going to know whether King Arthur existed or not. But it's that's why that's why there are alternative theories and hypotheses, aren't they, and stuff. They're good thoughts to have. Well, you can maybe one day prove King Arthur to be real. And maybe one day we'll leave the simulation. Unplug me, baby. That's probably my rant over. I think I've lost this because Vinny's going to fuck me over, but... Yeah, simulation theory to me, I think it's just, it's really fucking cool. To me, it's the GOAT alternative version of Earth, alternative version of 
existence, whatever you want to call it, alternative history, as I would personally call it. I think it's the GOAT. Vinny's going to say it's not. But still, it was great talking to you boys about being in a sim. Hope you guys are actually real and everything I love is real. Otherwise, sweet, I guess. I will say, don't, don't like jump off a bridge or something or like do a murder suicide with your wife or like kill your family. Like, <laughs> it, it's okay, man. Even if it's, it's simulation, it literally changes nothing. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's what I'm trying to say. No one's theory before changed it, so your theory doesn't change it either. I'm not even sure I do think we're a simulation. Well, like I said, it's 50-50 in it, so... But that's that's interesting, is that that is your newfound belief, is that it's 50-50. Well, it is. I think it's irrefutable. Well, no, but you feel it's irrefutable, but some Christians would say it's 50-50 whether God exists. They'd say, well, he either exists or he doesn't. It's binary. It's either true or it's not. It's fact or false. Mm. It's interesting that you, as the most staunchly atheist person I've ever met, have found a creation theory that you believe is 50% likely to be true. That's fucking high for a guy who is absolutely non-believing in any kind of... Yeah, but I don't believe in God. It's not Simulation's not God, is it? Well, you believe in a higher power. You do believe in a higher power that's created us. That is a higher power. Someone who had the power to create our universe. You believe there's a 50% chance that that exists. But that's just a logical jump, isn't it? That's what I mean. Like When, when Neil deGrasse Tyson was breaking this down, and like, I've heard Elon Musk and people talk about it like... You don't have to even believe in it just to be able to go, just to say yes to all the logical answers and then go, well, I guess, I guess yeah, I guess, it, yeah. I know, but simulation theory is effectively creation theory. It's saying that there is a 50% chance that we have a maker, mm. that someone created our reality. Yeah. Which is really interesting because you're objectively, or were objectively an atheist, and you now believe there's a 50% chance that we have a creator, someone who turned us on. There's a 50% chance that we don't. But a creator is different to, like, you know, conventional gods and shit, isn't it? <laughs> I'd, I'd speak to some Christian scientists about that one. Christian scientists. Those words juxtapose quite a lot. Christian science has, like, come down to the point where that is basically the big question. Is like, everything that we know to be physics and science is objectively exists. It's just whether or not someone turned it on or not. Well, that was an interesting discussion on whether a simulation hypothesis is even technically an actual pick and also whether it actually matters uh the answer is no to both of them can i just say that watch mojo think it's all right i watched that watch mojo video it's <laughs> fucking bollocks they don't even talk about anything they're just like look at the matrix it's like the matrix have you seen the matrix it's like the... wouldn't that be cool if it was like the matrix like that's the whole video i can't believe you watched that and you picked that i just i can't believe it yeah, because I was like, it's, oh, it's the most interesting. It's more interesting than, like, the sky is a Tupperware lid. I was like, that's fucking bullshit. But that, that also, <laughs> I don't think it's history. I think that video is just shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I got watch mojo. They fucking, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Cleans another victim. Okay, so I'm going to go back onto what Sebek said, his pick. So, Yeah. I mean, by default, I guess it wins. <laughs> so can I make one last point, though? You said that alternative history has to be something, something that like contradicts the widely regarded accepted version of events of history. With history, yes. That's the caveat. I guess what we disagree on is where history begins, isn't it? Yeah. If we said history begins at the creation of the universe then simulation theory would be an alternative history of that because nobody nobody believes it was created in no, a no, simulation, no, 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 surely. No, 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 no. You're saying history predates the existence of our universe. 
because then that's where simulation hypothesis actually comes into play. Would you say if I brought forward Christianity, would you say that that was an alternate history? Because that's the same thing. What you've brought forward is a is a is an argument for creation. Is how I guess it, it would be to me, yeah, yeah, because like Noah's Ark didn't happen, fucking all that other shit in the Bible, like the world wasn't created in five days or whatever. That's not the widely regarded. I don't actually. There's like a billion Christians in there or something. So maybe that is the widely regarded. Maybe real history is alternative history. To be fair, if you stack up all of the religious people who don't believe in in the Big Bang Theory and in the current creation of the universe, I wonder if they outweigh people who do believe that. So maybe real history is alternative, and the real widely regarded one is creation by a higher power. I've honestly never felt more high while completely sober. <laughs> I hope my brain has gone to mush, Vinny. See us out. The last half an hour, I've been like, I'd say, a percentile away from a panic attack. (laughs) Just remember, Seb, that like chemical reactions in your brain and panic attacks, they're not real, mate. They're just simulated. Like love. I was listening to your love rant today as I was thinking about the simulation thing and I was like, oh, Seb's going to be so pissed when he realises he's a simulation. (laughs) Do you know what I dislike is people invalidating the human experience. It really bothers me. (laughs) Right, okay, yeah, that was a really interesting discussion. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't really think it counts as a pick. Um, It almost feels like you got into a subject and you were like, oh, this could be a thing, and then you, you got too deep into it to really ask the question of does it really count that means by default i will crown and then your pick was good seb it was a good pick i liked it a lot but i will crown you know with the asterisk by default hey (laughs) that king arthur is the greatest alternative history theory of all time thank you very much i'm not high but i feel high Right, uh, yeah, have we got any other business to take care of? No new Patreons? If we've got nothing else, I guess people just pledge to us on Patreon, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, follow us on pa- Facebook, mm. send us an email. If you are a patron, remember you can send in questions for our big question-a-thon if this hasn't come out. Uh, I think I think this is after. It might come out after the big question. It will come out after the big question-a-thon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will. No, go be a Patreon, please. We need the money. Subscribe, listen to more of our podcasts, please. And tell your mates. Yeah, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you from the simulation. Goodbye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.